Hi, you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lap is a chief tax collector from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. All right, good morning, church. Once again, happy Tet, happy Lunar New Year. It is good to have you here with us. And as you can see, uh, most of our folks, our church, um, you know, half of the church, more than half of the church gone for back home, traveling, holidays. And um, so it's good to have some of you here so I don't feel lonely and just look at the camera. Some of you are there watching back home. I just sent um, my love to your family as a loved one back home and hope you're going to have a good time. And um, this morning, I uh, will try to make, uh, keep my message very short so that you can have some short of, uh, you know, um, uh, have a, a gift of a new year because usually it's a long one. <laughs> uh, but you never know because uh, in case you didn't know, as a pastor, I prepare the message, I pray. But it's always there's an element of a spirit moment that sometimes I speak um, you know, in, as the Spirit uh, led and prompt me, uh, follow along the text. So I'm not exactly script-bound, but I'm uh, scripture-bound. I mean, I follow the scripture, but not exactly, you know, uh, in the tune of full script, uh, just in case you didn't know. Um, this morning, as I was praying and thinking about, you know, what the message that the Lord uh, might have for us as, uh, as a community of faith, as the body of Christ, as the assembly of the saint, as the congregation of the upright. And I just um, <clears throat> felt that, you know, because um, um, the new year uh, in Vietnam, specifically con in the context that uh, people wish each other, you know, uh, good luck, uh, you know, prosperity, health, and all the things that uh, the world uh, looking for. And we talked about that last Sunday about having a life of worry-free, anxiety-free. It's uh, easy to say, uh, but it's uh, difficult, challenging to live. Uh, the difficult, the challenging part is not because God's Word is so difficult. In fact, God's Word is so simple. And in fact, it's quite easy. The difficult part is us. That, that we are somewhat maybe resistant, uh, stubborn, as the Bible called the people of God, stiff neck. Uh, other people call it, I mean, other parts call it, you know, like rebellious and all of that nature of sin because we were born sinner. Not because we sin too much that we become sinner, but our very nature, sinful nature, and therefore we sin. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of opportunity. So every day, uh, as a sinner saved by God's grace through our faith in Jesus Christ, we always has in the process. We always in the process of sanctification. Uh, the big word for being made holy is the journey of become Christ-like. It is a journey because we are not 100% holy and perfect. But we are in the process of becoming like him. And the beginning, the starting point, the foundation is Christ Jesus. Because without Christ, all we try to do is self-help, self-motivated, you know, and all of that self-self. And it's all bankrupt and corrupted and, and, and we, because we are born sinner. And therefore, each of us has to begin the journey and always beginning with Christ and always end with Christ. So between the end, the beginning and the end, that's why he is the Alpha, he is the Omega, is the, the he's the A, he's the he's the Z, because that he it will be with us throughout this journey as long as we do not give up. Now this morning, um, the title of message, the passage we look into is a chief tax collector. Now uh, I don't know about any kind of any country. Uh, I don't know for whatever reason people do not quite like a co tax collector. Is correct, right? Um, even though they just they just do what's the right thing to do because according by the law, uh, a chief tax collector, of course, um, 
with the with the new modern uh, you know economy uh, in the tax system, of course they're responsible to uh, to check the business if they see declare as correct. Uh, some people uh, they do tax invasion. A lot of the new cases you see in the modern that they have offshore company and they do tax invasion, tax avoidance, and all that's illegal into the offshore company in the Caribbean. And the reason because they just want to have more profit instead of PayPal tax, and the government is hunting down. Uh, um, um, among others, countries that have more powerful U.S., they all have to sign uh, with all the country that to declare tax. There will be no, uh, no, um, what they call. Uh, in the past, there will be a so-called private bank, and you know, Switzerland is the haven for those who are both criminal and the rich and the wealthy to have their asset to locate there to avoid certain tax. Uh, in case you didn't know, the rise on the buying paintings, uh, famous painting, is a way to do tax, uh, uh, you know, uh, avoidance. And because is you know you buy property, you don't need to pay tax. And all the painting, that even sometimes the painting looks just so ugly, but it's <laughs> it's a price so much. Uh, Chief Tackle, I'll give you a kind of a historical background here, so that you can read the tax, understand it better. Uh, with the, within the context, the contextual evidence will, will show us uh, at the time and on historical background, when the tax collector, this is to remember, this is the time where <clears throat> the Roman Empire still occupied the land in Israel, uh, the ancient Israel we talk about. And, and so the Romans Empire with different Caesar, Caesar I mean emperor, a different name Caesar, kind of a rule over the region in Israel and, and some part of a near the neighborhood. And so the, 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 the emperor, they have a system that they will uh, give somewhat a quota, like a lump sum, like, okay, uh, this the name, this guy named Zacchaeus, for example, you say, Zacchaeus, I give you this ABC region. And, you know, each year or each month, you just, you know, bring me, I, I just give a, a number for us to connect, let's say a billion dong, right? Okay, this region. And if you collect more than that, that's yours. So, so the, the, the government, the Roman, Roman uh, emperor, will, uh, that's how they, they pay the salary or, you know, of the tax collector, which means that we, I, I can guess the income of the region, so I give you the, uh, the quota. And uh, the, that's it. You bring me whatever that you collect more will be yours. So the tendency of all co tax collector, he's just one. Matthew also tax collector. Now, Zacchaeus, that living in the region, including the Jew, the Gentile, the Romans, or the Greek, all of that. But his role is to go to this region A that collect more. So uh, as he see his quota for this region, he will pressure all the citizens live there, the community to you know, pay more taxes, depends on how the business is including his uh, you know, Jewish community. So definitely the Jewish not only hate the Romans uh, as an oppressor, they view them as an oppressor, but also hate those who work for the Romans, right? So imagine this, picture this. Like say this is a Christian community, every love Christ, and, and if you do business and you try to, you know, not to pay tax, and if, you know, let's say me, I'm a bad guy, and come in and I try to squeeze you out, and you pay more tax, and so that I work for the government, and you, you know that, you know, the Roman Empire is not Jewish com uh, believer is not Christian, and then you will hate me. Say, oh, why you're Christian? You work for the government, and you oppress, you know, my people, and take more money, and you betray. Uh, you, you, you are, you know, you, you betray your nation because the Jewish community feel that the Romans' occupation is oppression. That, that take the land and conquer them because they fought for years, uh, you know, throughout so many different enemies. If you read the Old Testament from, you know, from Babylonian to Egyptian to Persian and, you know, and now and the Old New Testament is the Romans. And so the chief tax collector, I mean, the above, he probably has a system that, okay, uh, you know, my assistant go agent A, collect this amount, this amount. And that's how, so you collect more than that, that's your, but you have to submit to me certain things. So the whole uh, tax system at that time is 
to take more than what Caesar required, right? So if three regions, three billion down, just to give an example, if he got five, then that's his. And so with that in mind, with historical background, which, uh, we enter the text so we understand what this uh, passage is for both Zacchaeus at that time and the story for the disciple, okay? So if you have the Bible with me, just turn to Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 10. He, he, he uh, Jesus, Jesus entered Jericho and were passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was rich. All right, pause there. Chief tax collector is already like being hated by people. Rich, wealthy, even hated more. For whatever reason throughout culture, I don't know, somehow people even they gain their wealth and rich by, you know, legitimate uh, means, but to be hated by the poor. I mean, it's like everybody rich is like bad guy. You know, you can't be rich unless you cheated, you know. So, so there's always, even today, culture, when you look at somebody, you say, eh, maybe he gets some, you know, some, you know, cheating or have some, you know, shady business deal. That's why he got so rich. As I said, at this time, he did collect tax for Caesar. Well, that's an agreement. And actually, he did oppress the, 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 the poor or uh, the Jewish community for collecting more, but that's part of the deal with Caesar. So it's technically, he did nothing wrong. Technically, okay? It's just hated by people like, hey, you should support us, but you work for Caesar. And then he's also rich. So a lot of uh, so-called obstacle, a lot of things that, that he got, he got social stigma, he got, you know, being hated by the community. He's a bad guy. Okay, and then here the Bible continues to tell us that he was seeking. I mean, Zacchaeus, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. I mean, at least this bad guy viewed by the community that he has the heart to really say, "Hey, I heard about the word, the name Jesus. I don't know who he really is. Is he for Caesar? Is he against Caesar? I heard some heard about he's the Messiah. I heard that he may be the king. So is it he gonna go and kick out Caesar and be rule over the Roman Empire and take the land back for our Jewish people? It's a lot of question rumor going around at that time. And so and so like so so this this guy, Zechariah said, Yeah, I just really want to see him. I heard about miracle he performed. I heard about the feeding of the 5,000. I heard about all the things, but really he passing through town, Jericho. Okay, I'm going to see him. Now, another hindrance is another obstacle that he needs to face because uh, the Bible tells us, but on account of the crowd, I mean big crowd. Imagine, I don't know, if you go to the crowd, a couple thousand, a football stadium, or uh, even, I don't know, if some of you stay up late for the, you know, the firework last night, the downtown probably going to be packed, busy. And to get to the crowd is, is not easy. Or, you know, even sometimes you got, you know, stampede and, you know, got people killed, die, like the event in Korea for Halloween and all of that event. Uh, the big crowd. So for him, it's like the Bible also tells him that the big crowd, because he was small in stature, meaning he was short. He was not a strong guy, not a big guy to, you know, to, to, to go through the crowd. He was small, I mean, compared to other people, which means that he's a little. And, and that is something that he cannot get by to the crowd, and then he's so short, and they're really higher, then he cannot really see Jesus is. But his desire, want to see Jesus. And then, he ran, of verse 4, he ran ahead of the crowd. <laughs> he ran ahead of the crowd, and then he uh, climbed up to the sycamore tree to see Jesus, to see him. Which means that he just wanted to see how Jesus looked like. And uh, that's his design. So he climbed to the sycamore tree. And if of some of you in the um, uh, Northern America, the sycamore tree in Northern America is quite big. Uh, but in the Middle East, it's you know, not very tall. America, maybe if he climbed, probably is you know, this, this height. Because it's kind of like more, uh, not very high, and, and have branches. So quite uh, not very difficult to climb, right? And so it's uh, sometimes is uh, the same species of the... Um, 
the fig tree. Uh, sometimes it's called sycamore fig tree, but other times it's just the sycamore. So there's a family similar to that. It's still in the land of Israel. And so he come up because of his height. So he overcame his obstacle. First obstacle he overcame is his physical, uh, you know, kind of stature. Uh, also the social stigma that people say, hey, this guy, why do you want to see Jesus? And, and he's short and uh, uh, he was rich, bad guy. And then, but he, he, he doesn't care. He, he came up to the, uh, the, the, the tree. All he wanted at that time is to see how Jesus looked like. That's all he wanted. Because he knows there's no way I can get to the crowd. I can see him from a distance. I'm, I'm happy. Because even at that time, money cannot buy his, him away to Jesus. He cannot, because he was hated. He dared not to come to the crowd. Hey, you know, I'm VIP. Go out, go out, I pay you, pay you. I go out, I go to Jesus. He dared not, because they probably stoned him. I think so, if he did that. And so he said, okay, I just take my place from the sycamore tree. And hoping Jesus passing by, ah, I can see his face. By see his face of Jesus, and of course, with the high side, we know is the face of God. And this is chief tax collector for the Jew, translate chief sinner. Chief sinner, when you sin the wicked. And here, the Bible continues to tell us that, verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, meaning nearby, and uh, he looked up, I mean, just passing by, there's a sycamore tree there. And he passed by, and um, Jesus looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry I, and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Jesus is uh, not just like, in this, in, this, uh, in this case, it's quite interesting because usually he will ask. Usually he will ask, like, uh, you want to come to your place? Uh, uh, do you have invitation or... You know, um, or, um, you know, uh, who are you? But he, Jesus, that's why people call Jesus at that time like prophet because he didn't never met this guy, but he know his name. And I think also because he kind of famous in town. I mean, chief tax collector, people know the name. <laughs> and Jesus' disciple also had to pay tax for him <laughs> because he's chief tax and everybody knows his name. So, but Jesus looked up at him. It seemed like have a compassion and said that, Zacchaeus, just come down. I will visit your house. I must come. I must stay at your house today. Uh, by staying here, it could mean just go for a cup of tea or coffee or can have a meal. We don't know. But usually the term expressed is that, you know, can be stay overnight because hus hospitality is, is common. It's like the air that the Jewish community breathes. Even today, you visit Israel, there's certain thing called, uh, it's still modern thing called kibbutz. It's like the, the place that the, a community you go in, uh, the real one, not a touristic one, that you walk by, people invite you for a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of meal, a breaking bread, simple one. But they're very hospitable. Um, you know, if those who are, you come from a rural background country, uh, we in the in uh, in the West they have some called southern hospitality, meaning like for whatever reason geographically the South is more hospitable than, well I cannot say, but compared to other region, uh, it's whatever reason the South, you know, and and uh, and same with the the um, uh, with the uh, Jewish community, and of course if they even they don't believe in the New Testament yet They still exercise uh, the degree of the Old Testament, which means showing hospitality is 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 a lifestyle uh, Today is the hospitality is become uh, Some some people are very natural uh, other people it's very challenging because of the trauma perhaps they faced in childhood uh, they they almost like they become Christian. They never open their home to anyone. They're afraid people see this, see that, criticize this, criticize that. Uh, you know, they, they close up their home and they, they, nobody knows where they live. Nobody knows that, you know, how, how, how their home look like because they never open 
Okay? And this time, the chief tech collector, not so much about he want to brag about his home, you know, decoration or how wealthy he is. Uh, the text didn't seem to indicate that. All he wants is to see Jesus. But Jesus said that I will stay at your place. Now, I think the disciple and the crowd are supposed to be, yeah, you know, let's go there. But the crowd, what the crowd responded, that uh, so so the Bible verse six says he hurried and came down and received him Jesus joyfully, you know came down from the sycamore tree probably embraced him say Jesus let's go and I take you to my place, and not like uh, yeah uh, Jesus uh, thank you uh, for you know wanting to come to my place but uh, my my home is very messy and you know maybe you know maybe another time can we go to a coffee shop uh, you know instead of coming home. We don't really know how his mansion is. Probably rich, maybe big, I don't know. But it's mean like, how about the crowd gonna follow? They're gonna mess up my place, you know? Should I have security guard outside and only let Jesus in? So, so the, the, sometimes the story allow us to sit, think, reflect the surrounding, the texture, the, the, you know, the, the relationship, the communication. That's the beauty of scripture. We need to slow down and read. And okay, so this is how I try to demonstrate. You slow down, you read. Because probably some of you have been Christian for decades. This is a very familiar story. But every time we read, there's certain, you know, sparkling insight. Because like the cut of a diamond, the more cut you have, perhaps there a lot of light reflection at if light penetrates in. And so, so he, okay, okay, he, the Bible tells us he received Jesus joyfully, not reluctantly. Okay, because Jesus make a statement. I must stay your place. Uh, Jesus uh, can can be evening. Uh, let me go help clean up my house first. Uh, you know, how about tomorrow? But he received him joyfully instantly. Think think about this. If Jesus is passing to Ho Chi Minh City, and there will be a crowd, and then probably you climb up to you know maybe a a car or something, a pole, and Jesus passing by, say, I just stay at your place. And you say, uh, I, I'm not sure, let me, my head's so small, you know, only one chair. Jesus, can you come back in about an hour? Because uh, I need to clean up, you know, my place. A lot of times, spiritually speaking, that Jesus knocking at your spiritual door house and say, uh, uh, Jesus, I'm not ready. Uh, I'm not ready to welcome you. I'm not ready to, to be your disciple. I just want to be an ordinary Christian. Can you leave my life alone? I just want to ordinary Christian. You just tell me that I will go to heaven, and then the rest of my life I continue to live as, as those. I don't want any chain, please. You know, because I know that you come to my place, you will rock the boat. Just, just leave me alone. I don't want any change. Can you come another time? A lot of time that there's an uh, the invitation from Jesus, you'll be my disciple. You'll live my, your life according to my word. Uh, it can be next year, Jesus. You're supposed to serve me the day that, you know, you believe in me. Uh, uh, when I retire, I have more time. Uh, uh, can it be next year? Can it uh, next month? I'm not ready. Are you ready to testify what the Lord's done for you? You know, uh, I'm not that ready. Can uh, I do it next year? You know. He received him joyfully. The physical appearance, the social stigma, the financial situation mean like the people view him like, you know, in English we call, you know, filthy rich, like rich, dirty. And so a lot of things that on his shoulder, all he wants is to see Jesus. And Jesus make the available, I will come to your place to stay, which means that I will see everything. Remember, you know, staying in someone's places, you see the kitchen, you see the bed, how clean, how messy it is. It means you see everything. This is why a lot of people hesitate to practice one thing that's in the Bible, practice hospitality without complaining. Chief tax collector, chief sinner, 
want to see Jesus, Jesus said, yes, I will come to your place. Yes, Lord. I receive him joyfully, not reluctantly, almost instantly, not delay. So we continue to read. When they saw, verse 7, they, who are they? The crowd. Could be the disciple too. Just they, there. They saw him, when we saw it, they all crumble. What is this? I mean, there's so many prominent uh, guys here that Jesus can visit. Why he want to visit this chief tech or lector? Is he a friend of Caesar? Is he the political party? You know, is he going to support Caesar? Is going to be one, what, oh, what, what he want? Jesus, you, you go to the house of the sinner and the tax collector, the one that oppress us, Jesus, we are the Jews. You are the Jew. You're supposed to, you know, to, to come to our place, not come to the place of the enemy. And they all crumble. And he said, the Bible said, he has gone into be the guest of a man who is a sinner. He gone into the house and be a guest of a sinner, mean like going to eat and drink and break bread. With sinner, so they all crumble. They complain. They complain because Jesus wanted to eat with sinner. Because Jesus wanted to come in the house of a chief tax collector, a chief sinner. I mean, like the one that you hated the most. Think about someone you hated the most. Jesus wanted to come in that house. Say, oh, you don't want to come in my house. You're going to come in that house. Think about this. And then, verse 8. So, verse 8 already transported us right into his home already. Probably he came back his home on the way there. People following back, they crumble. They're still complaining. Oh, yeah. All things people can gossip about. Now, Jesus somewhat already arrived in his home. And Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods, whatever I have, property, possession, I give to the poor. Half. Jesus did not ask him to do that. Right? The crowd did not force him. This is his free will. And I have defrauded anyone. The if here can be translated, sin, I have defrauded because he already done that. That's give us to uh, uh, the, the, the context is that as a tax collector, they force people to pay more because he has the a right to, okay, this is the amount you pay. Then if he collect more, he pays Caesar, the quota agreement, and then that's his hand. So he said, if I defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold, mean four times. If I defrauded you 100,000 dong, I will pay 400 four times. Uh, how did that? He came up with that formula. I don't know. His free will. It's not Caesar's formula. It's not Jesus' formula. It's his free will. He just wanted to pay four. Perhaps, perhaps, that because he defrauded people four times, right? Uh, instead of collect one dollar, he collect four. Instead of a hundred dollars, he collect more so that he can gain more. But he said that in front, he said to Jesus, he did not try to satisfy the crowd. He told Jesus, yes, Lord, you come into my home. First thing first, before tea, coffee, let me repent. Let me have confession. What you see in my mansion, property, possession, uh, half of my good, 50% of my good, I give to the poor, whoever's surrounding. If I cheated them, defrauded them, pay for time. This is, I said to you, Jesus. Not to the crowd, but the crowd there listening, right? And Jesus, verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today, right here, today, salvation has come to this house. Since he also is a son of Abraham. Today, salvation has come to this house. 
since he is a son of Abraham. Now, of course, with the hindsight, we know Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the salvation. So when Jesus entered his house, salvation has come to this house. And he gave the reason. Not because of his good deeds, I pay for time. Not because of, you know, half of my possession to the poor. Not because of my uh, philanthropy uh, activity. Not because of my charity. Not because I pay backs so that my good deed you praise me. Uh, but because of faith. You are the son of meaning you are the descendants of the faith people, the faith community, the faithful people, because Abraham believed in God and he was considered righteousness. He was credited as righteous by faith, not by good works of the law. But because of his faith that transformed him and his trust in him, he began to live a new life and a willingness to repent from his sinful way meaning defrauding someone, all the, the things that unjust gain or illegitimate gain, he will give back. And this is Jesus' declaration on him. Today, salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. Now, you back to the crowd were listening, the disciples listening, say, what? This enemy work for Caesar can become the sons of Abraham. This guy who cheated many people, oppressed, can become son of Abraham. What is this? They'll never be able to understand that salvation, justification, righteousness based on faith. Never about good deeds, good works. So he made it clear to the crowd, the disciple. Okay? And then verse 10, the narrator tells us that he also said, this is to tell us his sentence, verse 10, for the Son of Man. When you read the phrase in the New Testament, the Son of Man, the Son of God, uh, is Jesus. Because he's the only one that have that two titles. Fully God, fully man. Born, you know, through Mary, human flesh, as a sinner, Mary is not God, not the wife of God. Mary is a sinner who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and gave birth to Jesus. And Jesus, for the first time in throughout the entire history and Bible, fully God, fully man. How that we can understand? Never be able to understand. 100% God, 100% man. And that's why he can sympathize, empathize with all of our human suffering. That's the only uh, he's the only one that can be sinless, pure, holy to become the sacrificial lamb of God. Perfect in every way. He did not break any law at all, even during the New Testament. But they, people accuse him of breaking the law in the Sabbath. But they misunderstood the law because they understood the law from the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. He came to restore that and give them the insight to understand the Torah, the law. Without Jesus, none of us can really understand the Bible. This is why even top scholars, without having relationship with Jesus Christ, they only can extract information from the Old Testament and New Testament, give a long commentary, but there is no substance because there is no relationship with Jesus Christ. So as you read the Bible, it's not about Googling what you know, be a top command and you just mirror it and just read, you know, just, 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 just read it out or, or say it out. You don't, don't need to impress others with your commentary command. You need to know Jesus, His Word. You read for you, and He will reveal the insight. This is why the journey of the Bible reading plan I want to walk us through. It's not about reading, commentary, Google it, and then post on it and show that how understandable you are. Because I have read most of them, so you don't need to impress me. You don't need to impress anything. What is the text say to you? What does the Word of God can apply for you, for your personal circumstance? That's going to be beneficial. That's going to be transformation for you. So as you read the Bible this year, do not read as a ritual, as a 
routine that you just hate it so much or you don't like it you detaste it and if you say the bible say i want to come to your place i want to enter your morning coffee session i want to enter in your lunch break i want to be with you in the dinner will you invite him or say oh wait uh, i'm not ready jesus come back tomorrow For the Son of Man came to seek and save the Lord. That's Jesus' mission. Nothing else. I mean, he did many things, but that's his focus. He did many things, perform miracles, heal the sick, um, you know, um, uh, interact with the officer, with the pilot, with the, all, 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 all pocket of life, all different walk of life, different pocket of society, from the, the poorest to, you know, the richest. He interacted with Zacchaeus, probably the richest in, the, in that town because he's chief collect, tax collector. Some people said, yo, I only reached out to the poor because they're more open to the gospel. How about the rich? Who can I reach them out? You think that only can save? And people always batch and, you know, and oh, the rich, they never be able to come to, you know, the kingdom because the Bible said that, you know, even the rich, you know, cannot enter the kingdom because even the camel, it's so difficult, camel can go to the eyes of needle, yeah, but follow the line. What, whatever impossible to man is impossible for God. And I tell you what, to reach out to the poor, to share the gospel, somewhat, a little bit, yes, a bit easier because... Uh, you give them rice, you give them food, they will follow you. Throughout history in mission, both including Vietnam and other countries, uh, there's a generation called rice Christian, meaning wherever that the missionary come, they give rice, they give food, they share the gospel, people believe, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Next thing, you have rice. I believe in Jesus. Next thing, you have rice. There will be no real transformation when the rice stops. All they have is an empty shell as a religion. And oftentimes they say, hey, that's foreign religion. This, uh, this uh, Westerner came and they shared the gospel and I, I got uh, food, I got gifts, and, and therefore I believe. You give that to the rich, they don't care. To reach out to the rich, very difficult because they can see through our motive. What can I give them? Accept the good news. What are you going to give them? Accept the real love, agape. Because they see all the fake love. The one thing, the problem of the rich is they always face, they always have fake friends. Friends that they come just because of maybe something that they can take advantage. So the rich are very lonely. Seriously. They need to be rich out. The world is like, you know, like, oh yeah, the rich going to go to hell and I'm going to reach out to the poor. We need to be like Jesus. That if God, God called you to reach out the poor, yes, amen. If God called you to reach out the rich, yes, amen. Can be Zacchaeus. The seeker, he seek Jesus first. Jesus also know him because he's passing by, he's God. So the seeker meets the Savior, they have the meeting point. That's the seeker, more three. <laughs> and then from that meeting point, the rendezvous point place that they, they invite. I mean, Jesus said, I can come. And he said, yes, yes, Lord, come. And salvation begin with the house of Zacchaeus. I believe the Bible will leave it absent, but I mean, believe he got saved. Believe in Jesus, salvation he declared. And then I guess I bet his household would say, yes, he's the chief tax collector. I believe in Jesus Christ, you know, uh, because so we must learn how to trust in this knew Jesus and God, and therefore, I guess the people around say, wow, you can pay back, and he, he, probably he still can continue to do a tax collecting, but this time, I think you earn this much, this is the amount, the right amount, do calculation, or even lower. If I cheat you, I pay back. So, his, he probably he still, still, still have the same vocation after meeting, uh, meeting Jesus, but his conduct of the business practice is going to be different. Because he declared Jesus. Not to Caesar, not to the crowd. His life being transformed by meeting Jesus. 
some of us here who are seeking the Lord, or just know is there is a God, or if there is Jesus, I invite you that if Jesus is knocking at your door, you invite him. You ask him. Sometimes it can be a simple prayer. Jesus, if you are real, can you come to my life today? And even your home, I literally opened my home for other brothers and sisters to see how messy my life is. I got a few bottles. If you've been on a few bottles at home, I got drunken. I have party. I got a few drugs around. But you, Lord Jesus, come to my place. I guess, you know, if he's a cheap collector, probably he used some drugs. I mean, I'm guessing here. I just want to make, you know, more colorful to understand the rich, what are going to spend money? You think that they're just happy with what they eat? They're going to be a lavish dinner. It's going to be party after party. Think about this. Car after car today. You know, yacht and plane. What else are they going to make them happy? They're going to they're gonna spend almost like Solomon, you know, party after party, you know, new things, new products, and probably Jesus come, they, hey, you know, uh, wait until I clean up my bottles, until I clean up. You know, some of you, I'm, I'm have compassion of you, say, Pastor, it's coming, let's clean up our house, you know. And some of us say, yeah, let's have some bottles just in case people some some drinking. I mean, you should be afraid of Jesus, what I mean. If Jesus knows you are drinking, he has compassion on you, but he wants to get you out of alcohol. You, if you have been watching pornography, he's the one who sees with you. He needs to get your help out of that addiction. If you have been in a habit of lying or cheating, habitual pathological lying, lying because to some addiction, Jesus knows. And he wants to get you out of it. Invite him to your home. Invite him to your space. You don't need to invite me, but invite him to Jesus, to Jesus to your home. But that's why God put us as a body of Christ. Oh, yes, pastor, I invite Jesus to my home every day. But, you know, uh, people from the church, the congregation, I'm not sure who they are and so on. So let me take time. Yes, true. So build, take time, build friendship, build, you know, connection. And if you cannot invite even the people you meet every week, every Sunday, I know it's difficult, challenging to meet other strangers or people in your workplace. Some people that, um, you know, years ago told um, uh, the pastor, uh, my pastor, that people, you know, when met him, say, oh, this that guy, your church, that guy, your church? Yeah, we play tennis every weekend, and he never tell me about Jesus. Uh, oh, that guy, your church? And, uh, oh, in office, I, he saw, I saw him did this, 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 did this. Oh, I came to his party. I mean, I don't know, he looks so clean on Sunday, but he came to party. Weekend, he got this party, this party, this party. And Pastor Eric was saying, oh, no, you know. I tell you this, uh, this is a new year. If you really believe and want to seek Jesus, like Zacchaeus, welcome him to your home. Clean up your space. Repent of your sin. Get rid of the things that easily entangle and pull you down. Otherwise, you just tell you, Lord, I, I get tired of religion. And I don't really believe in you. Let me live like a Gentile and non-believer. So be it. So better to live like an unbeliever than to be a pretending a believer. Get your life straight with God this year you will see a transformative power of grace by your faith in Him. From a tax collector to become, a chief sinner to become a sinner saved by God's grace to faith. Amen? You just need to meet Him. You just need to invite Him. Just summary for us. I just have two points here, as I already share. Number one, obstacle and invitation. There's always an invitation from Jesus in every obstacle that you and I face or have. Think about your own situation. Every obstacle, there's always an invitation with it. You have temptation, doing online, seeing something, and you were dragged there. There's always an invitation, come back, invite Jesus in.
You got addiction, invite him right into your addiction. Jesus is there. Lord, help me. Are you stay in my place? Come stay with me tonight. I feel lonely and I got into this addiction and this sinful tendency. Jesus, come to my place. Every obstacle you and I face in a workplace, home, relationship, there's always an invitation to invite Jesus to journey with you. Number two, restoration and salvation. Restoration. Salvation is not Jesus that saved you. You say a sinner prayer, bam, you got a ticket to heaven, then the rest of your life live, you know, up to you. No. It's a process of restoration, beginning with your repentance, your turning away from sin, turning away from the wicked way. That's a call of the gods to the prophet in the Old Testament. Turn away from your kingdom. Come back to me. I'm the Father. Come back to me. You are my people and walk in my way. And to the New Testament, you say, come to my son. Those who are in my son, you are, we enter into my place and, and embrace the son and kiss the son. And that, that, that unless God's anger upon you. Actually, the book of Romans said that the, righteous, the wrath of God is being revealed. I mean, right now. But because we're under the sun that will be spared, so the twofold, the righteousness of God being revealed at the same time with the wrath of God being revealed. So because we're under the sun, that's why the righteousness of God being revealed through Christ Jesus in us, who those who believe by faith. So restoration, salvation, and the homes that welcome Jesus and turn away from sin. And I've seen this from time to time. The one, the one person got saved is so zealous and eager to invite, you know, Christian, other friends to home, and, and they really want to share about Jesus. Very different from people who do have religion. Say this in the prayer. Are you have joined, following Jesus? Yeah, I try my best. Uh, why do you never invite your friends to your home? Yeah, I'm not sure because I'm not even sure that I'm a good Christian. Who said that you have to be a good Christian? You just need to be Christ believed. Open your home, surrender, and tell Jesus that you are coming to my place. That's why some of you sometimes struggle to telling even your own parents about the gospel or your sibling, your neighbor, your the friend sit next to you to the next cubicle. You see eight hours a day and not even be open your mouth to tell about Jesus because maybe social stigma because some emotional trauma, because some religious background, because your physical stature, I'm not good, I'm not handsome, I'm not beautiful enough to tell about the gospel. I'm not reading Bible every day. I don't, I don't, I don't feel I like sharing. I wait until I'm good enough. There will be a no moment of good enough because it is finished at the cross. You are the ambassador of Christ, not someone special. Not someone from, you know, being fully anointed, title. You are the ambassador of Christ. You are Zacchaeus, you and me, chief sinner. Invite Jesus. Be hospitable. All you want is to see Jesus. Even all the obstacles you and I face. Distant, shortness, time. Pastor, your church meets too early. Nine, you know. You know the people right now in the in the mountainous area, they need to cross a hill, a river, in order to a hut to meet and worship. It took them about an hour, some an hour and a half. How many? Four, five, singing song, open the Bible. That's how they worship. Took them an hour by foot. We have transportation with all of that, you know. And we're still late for some time for whatever reason. And I always reminded by my pastor said that most people do not have problem worshiping God on Sunday. But they do have issue problem on Saturday. Because that Saturday is like, my, how I want. I went to bed late. If you went to bed at 2 a.m., how can you wake up about 6, 7, 8? Right? It's just natural flow throughout the week. The, the, the Sunday is the culmination 
of your walk with the Lord Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the climax is corporate and family reunion, spiritual family. That's where you worship together, meet other brother and sister, the sibling in the Lord, and there you have the strength in the Lord, and then you go about Monday. Then all of us, we have to learn the phrase T-G-I-M. Thank God it's Monday. You go to work as a new vocation Zacchaeus, the born-again Zacchaeus. I will collect only what's required. I will not oppress. I'm not cheating. I even help others. If they cannot pay tax because the business is so, so bad, I would use that one. I pay for Caesar. You understand what I'm saying? Restoration and salvation, they always come hand in hand. You and I are on a journey of, yes, we got saved. And then we got to continue to restore the debt part, the sinful area of our life to be renewed every day, every week, every month. Are you still with me? The last reflection point I just want to put as based on verse 10, because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. What shall we do then? How shall we live our life? That's the king of kings, the lord of lords, the CEO of the CEO, the emperor of the emperor, <laughs> the president of the president of the whole entire universe. That's what he did. What shall we do then? Let's just spend some personal reflection with the Lord.
Lord Jesus, in many ways, we are like Zacchaeus. We may feel that we have a clean hand, our life is just perfect, clean, nothing. We did not commit any crime. But you know, Lord, we all have an area of our weaknesses, an area of a sinful tendency, including sinful thoughts, sinful action. Action that people might not see, but you saw. And Lord, I pray that we learn a lesson here from Zacchaeus. He might have emotional struggle being hated by the people around. Social stigma because the vocation that he chose. Even though that he did not exactly violate the law but his heart knows that when he meeting you Lord he just want to open his heart and once he open his heart the door of his house open Lord I pray today on the area of hospitality a lot of us struggling as we're an expat living in the country we struggle sometimes to open the doors of our hearts we just want to perhaps mingle with those we like. And not we just leave our life reserved here just to get by and not really strive and living fully to the edge, interacting with the community, making friends. I pray for those who feel lonely, making friends with perhaps the expat community, the local community, the Vietnamese. And Lord, I pray that none of us are going to be like the crowd crumble because you enter into a sinner house. Some of us perhaps do not want to have a coffee, a, a meal with a sinner. We just close ourselves in just Christian community to be saved with the four walls of the church and our home. Go to church, go home, go to church, go home. There's no interaction with the outside world in terms of interacting with the lost. And because, Lord, you are the King of kings, Lords of Lords, and the Savior, and your, your sole mission is you came to seek and save the lost. You are seeking for those lost souls. They don't know their purpose of life, the meaning of life. They look around. They look in themselves. They can't find it. They look up, they look around, they look to the mountain, they look to success, they look to magazine, and they cannot find what is the ultimate meaning and the purpose of life. And many of us here know the truth. And yet, for whatever reason, we restrain ourselves because of fear, because of worry, because of rejection, fear of rejection. So many, we just keep our mouth closed, shut most of the time. Perhaps there will be no breakthrough in us that even to confess publicly that what we did, as Zacchaeus did. Lord, if I have cheated everyone, I pay full time. What you, are, you, saw, you saw, I have seen here, I gain, maybe legitimately, I give back. There's always a confession, repentance. There's always reconciliation will come along when you and I do it. Lord, give us mercy. Give us the strength, the courage to be like Zacchaeus. 
and you declare today salvation come to this house. It is the gift. Your presence in this house, Zacchaeus, is the gift. Lord, your presence here on Sunday is a gift. Your presence in our Monday, in our home, Monday to Saturday is a gift. May we use that gift wisely. May our home become a place that a sinner can be getting to know you, meeting you, Jesus. Lord, may uh, none of us here live a life that's so enclosed that nobody knows what's happening in our life. Because of shame, perhaps, because of guilt, perhaps, because of, of any other thing, maybe perhaps because I have no job, I don't have a good job, I don't have a nice home, I don't have a nice decoration, I don't have anything, I'm just, I'm just not as good as many others. Comparison will suffocate many of us if we keep comparing. Compare our life with Jesus. Compare our life with the gospel. Compare our life with the word of Christ. Help us, O oh Lord, to live our life openly, walking in the light, nothing to hide, nothing to be shameful about. Because if we did something wrong, we repent. If we sin, we repent. Your grace is sufficient. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for such a beautiful story that the Savior came to seek and save the lost. Let it be so. Let us be your Christ follower also to seek and save the lost, to bring people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.